We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, how you doing, everybody? Welcome to episode 459, future award-winning Talk Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in audio, video. This will be up this episode on YouTube as well. It's casual Friday. That means, as always, I am joined by my good buddy, podcaster, writer, Joe Yerden. What's going on, dude? So, what is what's today? What is this? The twenty fourth, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell day yeah. is anymore. June twenty fourth. We're almost at the end of June already. It's you're basically there already July. now. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. For me, this month seems like it's been a blur and a blink. And uh, yeah, I, like I mean, it, yeah. It, well, listen. Whatever gets us through the hottest months of the year faster, I'm very okay with. See, this so. is where we always disagree. <laughs> I'm the complete opposite of you. I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I've enjoyed this month, but it, it just feels like a blur. J- July for me becomes a pressure pack month. Because why? Because a uh, training camp starting up? No, 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 no. Well, indirectly, yes. Because I, unlike you, really do enjoy the the hottest months. I enjoy oh. the summer a lot more. And it just goes by too quick. And in a town like Buffalo, where it feels like you wait so long for summer, mm-hmm. it just goes by too quick. And I guess maybe the last five years or so in Florida, I got a little bit spoiled. Although summer's not fun down there because it's just too hot. This is perfect. I mean, most of these days out here have been absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But we get to July and I start feeling the pressure. It's like, all right, I didn't really do as much as I wanted to do in June. And now we're in July. And mm-hmm. I got to do a lot of stuff. There's Taste of Buffalo. There's a bunch of lawn phasers. Lots of concerts. There's lots of things going on. See, uh, and so, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say because by the end of July, it's like, before you know it, then it's football season. And then Jeremy White's tweeting about fall being elite and people agreeing with him. And then before you know it, we're freezing our asses off again for another six months before it's nice out. That feels like it takes forever. Like the winter is never ending. The summer to me is like, bam, snap your fingers. And gone. Like I said, we're almost in July already. Now I know you don't agree because you feel differently about the weather. Well, I mean, listen, this this I mean, June's already been it's been pretty cool, all things considered, apart from you know, like maybe a couple sure. nights. So it's been fine for me. Like sunny, sunny in 75. You know, like having San Diego weather here is totally okay by me. It would be nice if the ocean was here too, but yeah, um, 
maybe if things keep going the way they are, maybe the ocean will be in Buffalo soon enough. But, <laughs> um, uh, but like, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I haven't had, I haven't had any real reason to complain. Now I'm positive. If I had, if, if I had money to wager, I bet anything. The second I, I get my shoulder surgery done and I'm in a sling for six weeks is when the hottest temperatures will hit the city for approximately six weeks straight. <laughs> so that way I can be cooped up. Do you up. know when you're getting it yet? Oh yeah. July 11th. Okay. Yeah. So, That's gonna you know, I, I know you can't bet on the weather, but like, you know, I I'd say right around July 11th is when, when the, the, the really hot stuff is going to start showing up and it'll stay stick around for about a month and a half. So yeah, <laughs> cause that's, cause that would be my luck to be like, wow, I can't really do anything. Can't, you know, can't, can't honestly can't do any can't drive anywhere can't do any of that stuff so it's like wow yeah. cool i gotta stay in my apartment which has no air conditioning which yeah cool it's gonna be 95 every day awesome <laughs> i just i don't know man I, I again i get to july and it's like i gotta get everything in and i do got a lot of stuff on the table by the way i mean i'm going to your favorite band of all time concert uh the backstreet boys that's oh, july man. 3rd i actually am abnormally excited about that which is kind of weird <laughs> and creepy I admit it's that it's a little, a little cringy, bit. but yeah, hey, I'm going. Yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. And I also got tickets for Garth Brooks at uh, the okay. stadium in July. And I'm not really necessarily a big country fan, but I've seen his show on TV live, and I know he puts on like an amazing show, and it's just gonna be a a fun experience. And then I, I would say the only thing that's gonna make me look forward to summer being over, besides obviously football, is I, I am going to my first ever Notre Dame game in early September. Their home okay. opener against Marshall. I don't know if you're a Notre Dame guy, uh, or not. I don't remember if we talked no. about it. No, I am the not. furthest thing from a Notre Dame guy. <laughs> Get Notre Dame the hell out of my face. <laughs> well, I'm going but to like, it's, a, it's a cool experience. Like yeah. being at South Bend, being at the stadium, that's really cool. But like Notre Dame fans, man, just get out of here. I just like, <laughs> and I, I know, I'm very self-aware that I'm a Yankees fan. Everybody says that about them, but like yeah. Notre Dame, <laughs> take a hike with Notre Dame, man. Nate Gary's not going to like that. Oh, it's whatever, whatever. <laughs> Nate knows how I feel about that. And that's, which is really funny because he rips on the Yankees constantly being a, being a Royals fan. So, uh, so the fact that he's a Notre Dame fan is kind of like, Oh really? Oh, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I, all right. So how do I say this? Usually I, I've been podcasting now for, this is four and a half years. I've been having, I've been doing this podcast. This is like I said, I think this is episode like four fifty nine. I could probably count on one hand or maybe even less. The amount of times where I said, you know what, I don't have one definitive topic that I want to focus on, like the primary topic. We always have a primary topic and then, you know, a couple subtopics. And in the case with you and I, we do our starting five draft, which is fun. And we do that every week, which, by the way, this week we're going to be doing NFL quarterbacks of all time, best NFL quarterbacks of all time. And I'll review last week's, which, Jesus, man, that was uh uh, we'll, 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 have, we'll have a we'll have a comment period before yeah, we get, we're, before we're we'll we get to talk, that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But anyway, like I said, we have a solid show structure, and generally, I know what I want to do. But this week is just weird, man. It's like I really don't have one specific thing. It's like if you're a fan of Seinfeld, or if people listening or watching are a fan of Seinfeld, that one episode where they pitch a show about nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost got to feel like that's what this episode is. Yeah. This is the Talking Buffalo podcast, Casual Friday, about nothing. Which, that's fine. You know, yeah. like, listen, us riffing going off the top of our heads is, is totally okay because we're a couple of idiots and we can we can fill time with dumb dumb stuff and and talk and and be 
poignant when we need to be poignant and you know stuff like I, that so it, i will fine. say this joe there here's one thing we're not going to do okay and <laughs> okay. uh i get it again if you, especially bill's podcasters okay it's that time of year again you have your season you have your cut period you have your free agency period you have mm -hmm. your draft period you have your mini camps you have your otas trades all kinds of fun stuff and then you can even get into some positional outlook stuff okay i i get that but when it gets to be this time of year it always gets a little bit harder here's what we're not going to do everybody now and i notice this and, and, and they're reaching and this is with respect to many fellow bills podcasters out there uh many bloggers whose work i love many mainstream peers for for that matter who do great work if i have to read or listen or watch one more Buffalo Bills 53 man roster projection. Oh, some man. in June, I might shoot somebody because that's what's dominating podcasts and blogs oh, and articles right now. Roster projections, 53 man roster projections a month before training camp even starts. That's where you know it's that time of year, bro. I listen, we, we talked about something like this before when it came to the draft and people were doing mock drafts for the entire like picking each team's pick for the entire like every pick in the draft yeah like that's insane to me like that's that's an that's an insane thing to do like i mean you get you get time to spend you you want to like you know stay on top of like you know the draft that's your way to stay on top of like the draft class and guys that are around like guys that might be around when they're gonna get picked like okay like that's fine but sitting there going like oh, i think it i think it picked 212 they're gonna be able to get this guy like Okay, come on, please. Like, you know, like, you know, pick pick 197. They're going to be able to get land this lineman out of, you know, East Bumblefart State. Like, ah, great, cool. I hope they do. Like, yeah. I just can't. I can't get down there. Like, do it. Like, you know, NHL draft's going to be coming up in like a, a few weeks. And, like, you know, I've already started doing like radio hits and, and stuff asking, like, oh, what do you think the Sabres are going to take with their three picks in the first round? I'm like, I don't know. Like, here's here's five guys that might be around, you know, when they pick. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea what Kevin Adams profile is yet. You know, like Jason Bottrell, yeah. we knew like if there's a USA guy, like he was probably going to take them. But, you know. Like we don't know. Like we have we have no idea. Like they've done they've done a couple of weird things the last couple of years. So like who knows? But like you're not gonna see me trying to pick out who they're gonna take with their two picks in the seventh round. Get friggin' lost, man. They might as well draft me. <laughs> I'll say the quick programming note, by the way, because you mentioned that next Friday we will have a pretty in-depth NHL, a Sabres draft preview, not NHL draft preview. Well, <laughs> at least I'm gonna have you because you're gonna educate us. I'm gonna uh, we're gonna go over at least a handful of prospects first round, you know, caliber players, because the Sabres do have three picks in the first round, including two in the first 16. And I'm sure a lot of more casual Sabre fans don't want to know more about these prospects. Because that's the thing about hockey compared to the NFL. The mock drafts uh, and just the NFL draft in general, that season, because it is a season at this point now. It's not just a, a week anymore. Everybody, even the more casual fans, get to know a lot of these prospects because they're just shoved down your throat. You know what I mean? You're reading so many articles. If yeah. you're a Bills fan, you're listening to podcasts. Hockey, not really so much the case. Aside from maybe the top one or two, maybe three prospects, the average hockey fan doesn't really know anything about any of these players. So we'll kind of go over like maybe at least like guys that are in the top 20 that could be in the Sabres wheelhouse. So we'll do that next week. And then in two weeks, because the actual NHL draft starts on Thursday, April 7th, 
Joe and I, usually we tape this in the afternoon like we are right now. We'll take J- tape. J- July 7th. July 7th. Oh, no, I'll fight a month. That's funny because before we started taping. You're actually, three months. It's <laughs> April. Before, before we started taping, I actually thought the draft was next week and it's in two weeks. But anyway, in two weeks, we're going to tape our podcast after uh, the draft. And so we'll be able to have reaction. I'll get your reaction. I, I ain't going to know shit about these players. I'm sure you'll know some about them. But anyway, we'll. Uh, a little bit. You'll know a little bit. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about the players afterwards. So that'll be. Um, in two weeks, but yeah, it's just in terms of Bill's roster projections. I mean, I get it, and, and again, you got to put out something, but it's just everybody's doing it right now. I guess that's what I'm saying. Everybody's doing it, and it's just kind of I just I, I'm getting I really know. tired of looking at roster projections in the middle of June. I don't understand doing it though. Like, I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, I got to think the Bills roster is pretty close to filled already. Like. I mean, at least the starting positions are, are pretty much done. Yeah, and like the, the, most, the spots that are in competition, like you already, you know, it's a toss up between like one or two guys and those other two guys are going to be on the bench. So I'd say the first 45 you know? to 47 players on the 53 man roster, I think are pretty much set at yeah. this point. A couple, maybe a handful and I get it, but I feel like you kind of to reject something, you need to see something. So let, let's yeah. have camp start. Let's see how. You know, if you're talking wide receivers, let's see if Tavon Austin looks good in pads when, when contact starts or a preseason game. You know what I mean? And then we'll decide. Then you can project, hey, is he going to be on this team or not? Right now, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being grumpy. I'll tell you one thing I don't like, Joe, and this actually is something I do want to talk about here. So the Buffalo Bills are the Vegas favorite. We know that. Mm-hmm. Why is everybody, and this is something I don't get. I mean, I'm genuinely asking a question because it, befuddles me right now why are bills mafia and for that matter probably fans around the league sleeping so hard on the cincinnati Bengals? i just don't get it you listen to a podcast you listen to uh and and again not just hobbyist podcasters you listen to mm-hmm. the pros you listen to the mainstream guys that do uh sports media for a living who have a podcast you listen to them even nationally as well, not just locally, but I'm only focused here locally uh, for this discussion. Nobody even talks about the fucking Bengals, man. Yeah, It's crazy. I get it with the Bills. I mean, you're in Buffalo. This is the market, and they're the favorites. I completely get that. But all you hear about are the Bills and how loaded the AFC West is, which it is. And you hear about a lot about the Baltimore Ravens because uh, Lamar Jackson's back and healthy, and a lot of other guys are back and healthy. They were, I mean, that team was just crippled last year with injuries Mm -hmm. but you hear about these teams ain't nobody talking about the cincinnati Bengals. they're only and i looked it up before we jumped on here i went on DraftKings for super bowl odds they went to the super bowl last year they're only the 11th favorite to win the super bowl 22 to 1 there's five teams in the afc forget the nfl there's five teams in their own conference right now who are uh more heavily favored than them. And before I turn it over to you, I, I wrote down a couple numbers. I'm going to throw this out to you because this is why, Joe, I, I, I get a uh, – I'm just so – again, I'm confused. Because, and, and you're not a Bills fan, so I know I'm going right. to get more objective answers from you. Mm. You look at Joey Burrow, okay? Kid's 25 years old. He's only 25. So just like Josh Allen, he's still quite possibly ascending. He's going in the year three. 4,611 yards last year and 34 touchdowns, Okay. Joe Mixon, running back, far better. And I'm not necessarily comparing the Bengals to the Bills, but mm-hmm. in some cases I have to. I'm going to. Joe Mixon, a far better running back than anything the Bills have. Mm-hmm. 1,519 total yards last year from scrimmage. 
16 touchdowns. Uh, Jamar Chase, Bengals team records as a rookie. Anyone catches 1,455 yards, 13 touchdowns. That's virgin on uh, Stephon Diggs' production right there. T. Higgins, their number two receiver, has over 1,000 yards. Tyler Boyd, their third receiver, 828 yards. Then you go to the other side of the ball. Trey Henderson, that dude is an animal. 14 mm-hmm. sacks last year. He had 14 sacks, and he was an animal in the playoffs, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two other guys out of the defensive line and seven sacks. The weakness for this team, their offensive line sucked last year. Burrow yeah. had, got sacked 51 times. He was running for his life. He was running for his life in the Super Bowl. Their offensive mm-hmm. line was terrible. Well, yep. they fixed that. They spent mm-hmm. a lot of money. Uh, Leo Collins, the right tackle. Alex Kaplan's playing right guard now. Ted Karras, the center. Those are th- three-fifths of their offensive line. Good, solid, quality free agents. And then uh, they drafted two defensive backs that I love, Daxon Hill and Cam Taylor Britt, with their mm-hmm. first two picks in the draft. Why is nobody even talking about this team? So, and we'll start with here in Buffalo. And I get it beyond the fact that it's the Bills. It's I, I think it's the lack of respect, honestly, because people still think of Cincinnati as like the bungles, you know, mm-hmm. like, you, like, you know, that was the, that was the whole thing last year where, you know, Bills fans were like, well, you know, we beat Kansas City. We go right to the Super Bowl. It's like, well, I mean, the odds are in your favor, but I don't know, man, Cincinnati still beat Kansas City like in Kansas City or. Yeah, that game was in Kansas City, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. That's just how like how focused I was on that, but it was like they still, you know, they still went on the road, still won. Like yeah. you know, the same thing. I, I, they had all those, you know, all the guys you mentioned. They had all them, you know. And I mean, if you want to say like, you know, the Bills would be better at home than Kansas City was, like, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe I, I suppose I don't know. Like that, it's. It's crazy to me to, to think that, you know, the, the Bengals wouldn't do the same exact thing, you know, but like people are, you know, I mean, obviously people here are going to be like, no, Bill's number one, no matter what. Like, I get it. But like everything that I saw the Bing- the Bengals do in this offseason reminded me a lot of what happened with Kansas City um, just a few years ago when they, you know, they had an obvious problem where it was, you know, uh, no, it was two years ago. You know, they get chased around and, uh, you yeah, know, the Tam- offensive line, Tampa Bay, you know, wrecks them in the Super Bowl because they couldn't protect Mahomes went out and addressed it and Mahomes was upright all season so you know like that's that's a huge fix you know I think if Burrow has time and he's not running for his life Jesus that's a dangerous that's a really dangerous team you know on the offensive side because I mean defense is defense like you know if your defense can hold down the hold down the fort then like you've got a you've got a luxury uh, but I mean it's an offensive league so you got to be more focused on that but Jesus I mean Higgins and Chase and Boyd, like that's those are three really, really good. And Chase is borderline elite at this point. I mean, we yeah. gotta see what he does in his second season, obviously. But and they got a great running back, too, man. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, Mixon Mixon offers such a change up for them, and he can catch out of the backfield, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just you know, straight ahead running, trying to you know, smash smash the line, but but I don't, I don't. I think when that perception, you know, at least around here, it comes from not respecting the Bengals. And honestly, it's probably a league-wide thing, too. Like, people just think, ah, they it lucked is. out. They yeah, lucked out getting possible. the Super Bowl. Like, ah, yeah. luck was in their favor. Like, I don't know how you luck out beating Kansas City. I don't know how you luck out making it to the AFC Championship. I don't know how you luck out making it to the Super Bowl. Like, that's that that's either an inexplicable amount of luck or maybe the team's actually good, you know? They, they and, are good. And, and like, I, I, to me, that was something where – you know, they were overshadowed by Kansas City, by Buffalo, by Tennessee. And nobody's everybody's kind of like, ah, well, you know, the Bengals, well, they got to win a playoff game first. Well, then they did. And they're like, okay, well, 
that's a fun trip for them. Good, you know, good job, guys. You did it. And yeah, no, they just kept going. And their coach is really good. Like that, the coaching staff is really good. I, I don't know, man. Like this is, it gives me a little bit of the, the offense isn't as high scoring. I mean, it can be, but it gives me a little bit of a, it reminds me a little bit of uh, when McVay took over with the Rams. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it was, you know, obviously, they, I mean, they ran to the Super Bowl immediately when McVay took over, which was, you know, crazy. I mean, it gets Jared Goff to the Super Bowl, which, I mean, he's never getting back to one right now anyways. But, um, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, but like, you know, this guy gets his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they lose the Super Bowl. You think, I don't think Cincinnati's going away. You know, Pittsburgh's no. going to be average. Baltimore's going to be better. Uh, Cleveland, uh, uh, who knows about Cleveland in that division, but like, I mean, AF, you know, like it's like we talked about the AFC is going to be a, um, it's going to be a pit fight it all is. season long. But like that, the fact that they're the fifth, like they got five te- five AFC teams sixth. in front of them. Nods. They're six in the AFC. They're sixth. Yeah, they got five in front of them. Like, that's that's cra- that's crazy. Just in the AFC, I I, I don't know. I, it's there's a lot to like about the Bengals, which is a very weird thing to say. It is, and. Look, I know some teams come out of nowhere and then they're almost kind of like a flash in the pad. I don't know why this just popped. I'm thinking of like the Carolina Panthers. That year they went 15 and one. They went to the Super Bowl. They lost in the Super Bowl, but um, yeah, they were 15 and one. And then they kind of sunk after that. Mm-hmm. This is not, this team's not that team. And I'm again, you look at these players that we ran through, most of them are young. They're getting better. And look, mm-hmm. just like I said with roster projections and complaining about them in June. What we the Super Bowl odds mean zero. Us talking about who should be the favorite and who shouldn't be at the end of the day, when the games start, it means nothing. I, I'm very well aware of that. I'm just, it, it surprises me that this team, if I was doing it objectively, in my personal opinion, the Bills would still be the Super Bowl favorite and Cincinnati would be right there with them. Like if the Bills are 1A, the Bengals, or I'm saying to get out of the AFC at least, anyway, because mm-hmm. the Rams, you know, we got the Rams in the NFC. But anyway, I, I think the Bengals deserve to be right there. If there's this first tier, I would put the Bengals above the Chiefs or any team in the AFC West right now, or any other team in the AFC except the Bills. I think the Bengals on offense are every bit as good as the Bills, talent-wise, especially with the better offensive line. I think their pass rush is every bit as good. You know, the difference is I think the Bills might have a little bit better of a, a back seven. They definitely got the Bills, definitely got a better secondary. Yeah, But, again, man, this is just – I don't know. It just befuddles me that so many people are sleeping on the Bengals. It's like you hear about all these teams. You're talking about these teams. The Bills or who could challenge the Bills are the best team in the AFC, and I barely ever hear the Bengals. It's just it's yeah, crazy. I, it's it, – like every team – I'm always – you know, this is kind of like the – you know, the writing mind, the content mind of, uh, of me, but like every team you can always ask one, like one big question going into the season, you know, like for Kansas city, it's like, you know, how different are they without Tyree kill? Fair question. You know, cause that's, that's a huge factor of their offense, you know, for the bills, uh, can they get over what happened last year, you know, in the playoffs? Like that's, that's a, that's a big mental hurdle, you know, like that's, I mean, that's more, you know, metaphysical sort of questioning, but, but for me, Cincinnati is like, the question is, can they do it again? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a matter of, you know, whether the talent's there or not, the talent is there. It's just, they were very inconsistent on defense. They're, you know, you could say they were poor defensively and they couldn't, they couldn't protect Burrow very well, but you know, they addressed both of those things in the off season. So now the question is like, okay, well, 
can they repeat it? Can they, you know, can they have this, can they have similar success? Can they get back into the playoffs and be able to, to, to get on a roll again? If I had to put a hundred dollars on it, I would still bet on the bills. But if, if I, you allowed me a second team, mm. I'd pick the Bengals. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, you know, it's, I think it's a smart bet too, because I don't think they're, they're a team at the front of anybody's mind, honestly, because, you know, the, you know, who are the teams that just dominate the talk all the time, just nationally speaking, you know, because I mean, it's always Kansas City, it's always, uh, it's always Green Bay because of Rodgers, it's always, it's, you know, it's the Rams because, you know, they, they just do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they won the Super Bowl. You know, Dallas, the Cowboy, the Cowboys because of the Cowboys, Tampa because of Tampa. Brady. Yeah. You know, Miami now because they got Hill, and you know, people think two is gonna, you know, is gonna have a breakout season. Like, okay, whatever. But you know, uh, you know, the Bills because of the, you know, because of how they've, how far they've gone the last couple of years, and because of the, you know, that the 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 the, the game with Kansas City, like they have to be at the front of everybody's mind. Uh, and the fact that, you know, it's still essentially the same team and, and then they added, you know, um, uh, blah. what team? Yeah, no, the bills, they added, uh, they added, what's his fate? Von Miller. Miller. Yeah. yeah Miller. So I needed a second to get the name back. To me. <laughs> Dude, I, I always saw was the shirt. I remember seeing the shirts and Wegmans. I was like, well, whose name's on the back of that? Yeah. It's Von, Von Miller. You, know, but... you say that you say that bills fans might get mad at me for saying this. I can't pull the trigger on buying Von Miller merch right now, man. I just, I look, he very well might be everything we expect him to be. He might be here for three to five years and dominate. I mean, mm-hmm. he's an unquestioned first ballot Hall of Famer. Never going to take that away from him. I don't know, though, man. I just, something is preventing me mentally from pulling the trigger on mm-hmm. buying a number 40 jersey thinking that you know i might only get a year maybe two out of this yeah i you know what it reminds me them getting miller reminds me of a little bit it's it's how the mets pushed and got uh scherzer in the offseason yeah. and you're like wow what a pickup and then you look you start looking at the numbers you're like wow the numbers are so good and you look at his age and you're like oh he's 38 yeah oh well, yeah. how, why did that not come up first? You know, like Von Miller, it's, it, Von Miller, it's kind of the same thing. You're just like, man, this guy's awesome. He's one. He's so good. Blah blah blah. You know, look, you look at his age, and you're like, oh, oh. yeah, 32 oh. is old, man, for for yeah. being a, I mean, a ass rusher. We're going down a rabbit hole. People aren't gonna like. That. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> we're talking, but like, we're I talking mean, about like, the Bengals. We're talking down Von Miller a little I, bit. I mean, uh, it's it's not talking him down. It's no, just we're not having. Down it's having proper concern. I think yeah, like that's, yeah, I just, you know, you invest in an older player, like, you know, the, I'm a, I'm a the, the, wall, the wall's coming up at some point for an older player. It's just, a, you're right. just hoping to beat the wall. Right. Right. Like I'm going to invest in an Ed Oliver Jersey. I think before I go invest yeah. in, uh, in a Vaughn Miller, let's, uh, let's switch gears for a few minutes here. Hockey. All right. I, you know how I feel about Tampa. Well, it's fans anyway, but Colorado, <laughs> right. Wins in overtime. They're now up three to one. It certainly appears that they're, they're, they're on the verge of winning the Stanley Cup, and it certainly appears that that's going to end up uh, being the outcome. We'll see. Colorado Avalanche are a team that in just five seasons, five seasons prior to this, mm-hmm. they won 22 games and they had 48 points. And now they're on the verge of uh, winning the Cup, man. I guess that's how you rebuild an organization the right way because they went well, from really lousy to uh <laughs> being on the verge of, of winning a cup man five years well, six years actually well look at how they did with their first round picks True. you know nathan mckinnon was a number one pick you know instant mvp player gabriel landeskog was a you know was a high first round pick you know 
super pickup. You know, you look at the, you know, Miko Rontanen was a, was a top, top 10 pick, yeah. you know, top 10, top 15 pick, you know, Kale McCarr was a top five pick, you know, like these are, you know, they got, they got Devon from the Islanders for two second round picks because the, because the Islanders didn't want to pay him. Like, okay. Like con- congrats, I guess. Way to be stupid. They, you know, they signed, they, they signed Kadri as a, you know, Nazem Kadri as a free agent, you know, Burakovsky was a free agent signing a couple of years back, you know, Nichushkin was on like the, you know, was kind of cast out by Dallas, like, you know, okay. Like, you know, it's, it's taking advantage of, of other teams, not doing things right. And then doing things right in your, yourself, like, you know, Bo Byram's another guy that's having a, he's had a great playoffs. He was another top pick for them. Top five pick, you know, like these, these, these aren't like, you know, these aren't bad, but yeah, Bo Byram was, was number four. Like that, I mean, it's it's crazy. Land, what was Landis Cog? I'm I'm looking this all up right now, and of course, my internet's <laughs> not cooperating with me, so I can get the get the pick numbers right. But like, I don't know, man. Like you see, you see McKinnon and how great he is, and you're just like, well, yeah, of course he is. He's from the same town as Sidney Crosby. Like you know, he's he's one of the fastest skaters in the league. Of course he's great. Like of course he is. Like you know, the, the guy was dynamite in juniors. Like he's great now. Landis Landis Cog was a number two pick. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Miko Rantanen, 10th pick. Like, no, the, you know, like these are all guys. Nazem Kadri was an 11th pick back in 2009 by Toronto. I think, I think it was 11th. But, you know, like these, these aren't like, you know, scrap heap guys that they got. Like they're, be, they're being carried by all elite guys that, that were draft hits. You know, and they made, you know, they made the right deals. Josh Manson was a great pickup for them from Anaheim on defense. Like that's a dude I would love to see play for Buffalo. Like that's. He's a free agent. I would love to see. Oh, Kadri was a number seven pick. Sorry, it wasn't eleven. So I mean, like, you know, Eric Johnson was a number one pick back in the day for for St. Louis. Like, he's he's like the old man defenseman for them now. He's thirty three. Talk about old guys, but you know, like it's it's things like that. And like the goaltending, like yeah, Darcy Kemper played great game in game three or game four. Played great, but like he's been a little bit like eh, I don't know about that guy, but still holds it down. And the team in front of him takes care of business. So what, what does it matter? You know, like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to see, to see how it, it, it all comes together. But honestly, like you could have, you could have kind of seen this coming. Sure. You know, well, like, you know, it, it, I mean, you got to have the right people in charge. They, they got Joe Sackick running the show. Like, that's you know, what I wanted to get to. You're right. The right people running it because you, whether it's Colorado and I mean, this is no overnight sensation. This is a slow build. Again, this mm-hmm. is over the course of five to six years that they go from being a bottom feeder to again, one game away from being Stanley cup champions. Right. On the other hand, a team we just talked about the Cincinnati Bengals, man, they go from being four 11 and one in one season to going to the super bowl. The next in a very loaded AFC, which is loaded this year. and was also loaded last year. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways to do it. But I, I, I feel like the common denominator is having good front office decision-making, you know, like drafting for the Bengals, you took Joey Burrow, Instead of you could have taken two or Justin Herbert or Chase mm-hmm. Young. A lot of people thought Chase Young should be the first pick of the draft, and the right. Bengals should get a better on the in the trenches and then worry about quarterback. You know, you take Burrow, you take Chase with the fifth pick. A lot of people thought, well, you better go get yourself a left tackle to protect Joey Burrow. They didn't. They took Chase. Point being is they've drafted excellently and they filled in good. Trey Hendrickson, a lot of people thought he was overpaid. What mm-hmm. what a great free agency. He's worth every dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, he he got made that defense good enough to get to the Super Bowl. And then a lot of the guys you mentioned on the other side of Colorado, that was a build over the course of 
you know, three, four, five years. Yeah. And now you see that when you look at it, cause this is where I get annoyed with the same trust, the process, the process, the process, the process. Yeah. It ain't gotta be that much of a process. You get no. good, you get good players and you go and you win. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why yeah. I get annoyed about the bills with the process last year. Fuck that it, shit. You win yeah. now. Sabres is 10 years going. Yeah, here's here's the thing with Colorado, and like you could you could probably draw parallels to the Bills, honestly. You know, uh, you know, they're that year they had 48 points, they were the worst team in the NHL, like mm -hmm. hands down awful. Um, you know, Jared Bednar, Jared Bednar was their coach that year. It was his first year. And I remember after that season was over, everybody's like, Are they gonna really stick with this guy? Like they only won 22 games. Like, what, you know, what the hell's going on? Well, they stuck with him, and then the next year they won 43 games, you know, just missed out in the playoffs. And now they've been in the playoffs five straight years. Uh, but like them getting, you know, they're on the precipice of winning their first cup since since 2001 now. But like the last three years, like they were a team that you were like, are they ever going to get over the hump? Because they lost in the second round three straight years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like, they've got all this talent. They've got all these guys. They play so well in the regular season. You know, at what point do you just get over it and say, okay, now's our time. And you know, once they got once they got past Edmonton in the conference final, I was like, all right, well, they got to win it now. Like, you can't you can't like just have this evolution of like, okay, we've made it further now, like we're good. Like, no, 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 you got to win it now. You got to put those questions to rest. You're because, drawing parallels with the Avalanche with the Bills as you're talking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mouth, I'm like thinking, like, wow, that sounds a absolutely lot like Buffalo Bills. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, the the Abs this year were incredible. Like 56, 19, and seven. Like, they just missed out on the President's Trophy. I, I mean that's that's nuts. Like that's that's a it's an incredibly good season. You know, like we're talking seven twenty five points percentage. Like you're getting points in seventy, you know, almost seventy three percent of the games you're playing. Like that's crazy. So you know, like that's that's an that's an unreal season. And you know, but you can't keep doing that. You can't keep having great regular seasons and then you know come apart in the playoffs or get goalied in the playoffs and then just say it's like, well, you know, that's the luck. No, at some point you got to be like, no, man, no, man, we're, we, we're, we got to get over this. That's where, you know, I think McKinnon be kind, being kind of a, kind of an asshole. Like people are making fun of, making fun of him because like he, you know, the, the story went was that he was busting the, busting guys in the room for, you know, for, for eating carbs. Like, cause he's like a diet maniac and there's just, you know, you know, I don't know how true that I don't, McKinnon denies how true that was, but like, you know, I think it was Nikita Zadorov, our our old friend from the Sabers, who was mm -hmm. just kind of like, yeah, McKinnon's a ball buster, man. He just does that stuff, and it's like, okay, well, you know, but like maybe sometimes a team like that needs needs to have a leader that is on the edge of like craziness. You know, you need a guy that's got to be that kind of intense to be able to to get locked in on these kinds of games. Now, it's you know, it works when you win, but like when you don't win, it just gets old. So. You know, that's where them, if they, if they do pull it off, that's where it's like, it's, it's, it's a major win for him. I mean, obviously it's a major win. It's a Stanley cup. Like that's forever. Sure. But like, you know, for, for how, for how they've done things, for how they've gotten it done. Like that's, that's a huge, that's a huge victory for, you know, for, for doing things that way and taking advantage of other teams being stupid too. Like that's, that's the main thing. That's the main thing out of this. They they haven't really missed on any draft picks in the last you know five, four, five, six years, and now they've taken advantage of teams just kind of making bad trades with them, and it works for them. So, you know, I, I mean, you can. I mean, the, the, I hate the trust the process crap like that. 
phrase drives me absolutely nuts because it hasn't done shit for the 76ers. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the Bills. But, like, the abs process has been pretty sound. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Joe. You're in a casual Friday who, I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but you just correlated a perfect <laughs> Colorado Avalanche Buffalo Bills, something I never, ever would have thought of from the mm-hmm. acquiring good players, hitting on your draft picks to uh, taking advantage of a couple trades to being a good team to not being able to get over that hump because, again, three straight years. Colorado fell short of expectations to eventually being on the verge of winning them all. Pretty interesting parallel between the Bills and the Avalanche that I had never really uh, thought about before. That one other thing, too. You know how I feel about Tampa sports fans. I think they're repulsive, and I hate them. But (laughs) that shouldn't stop me from showing uh, respect to the Tampa Lightning. I mean, to be in the cup for three straight years. And by the way, it's not over. They're down 3-1. As we take this anyway, they're going to be playing – Friday or Saturday night. So who knows what happens over the next couple of games. It could be over. Maybe not. We don't know. But anyway, regardless, what a hell of a run by the, the lightning. That was really cool. Not cool though. I, I want to talk golf for one second. Cause we talked about maybe a week or two, if not two weeks ago, mm-hmm. the major Phil, of course, LIV golf. Well, Brooks Kepka now joins LIV golf. Honest to God, not counting Tiger Woods. who doesn't really play much anymore. Honestly, if you could have 12 calendar uh, months ago, if you would have said, yo, Pat, man, who's your favorite two golfers on the PGA Tour? I'm telling you right now. Number one was an easy Phil Mickelson, mm-hmm. and number two was probably Brooks Kepka. And now they have both defected on the PGA Tour. They're both on the LIB. We've already kind of expressed yeah. our feelings about it. What is going to uh, – and, again, I know the PGA is trying to do some stuff. They're increasing purses, and they're doing something, you know, whatever. Some of the stuff they're doing in the fall kind of sounds like what LIB is literally doing right now. Mm-hmm. But – Criticize the LIV golf all you want and what it stands for and the people who run it and this and that and the other thing. Is, is, is the PGA Tour not in trouble? If they don't, to me, if they can't find a way, and I know they can't control this, but if golf doesn't find a way, if the goal is to not have all your stars jump ship, if your goal is that, they better find a way to make these guys who leave not eligible to play in the majors. Because if you could go play on this LIV Tour, go get all that money, 
play these 54 hole tournaments or, or leagues, whatever you want to call it. That really don't mean shit with no missed cuts, none, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you don't want these guys defecting, the only way to me, I think to, to stop it is finding a way to not let them play in the majors. And again, I know that's not a PGA thing. They can't really control that with the U S open and, and the masters and then the British open, but it's like, Man, and you know, you keep saying these are a bunch of over the hill guys. Sergio Garcia, Westwood, some of these guys that don't matter. Well, Brooks, mm-hmm. Brooks Kepka's not over the hill. Dustin Johns is still a world class player. Phil's a big name. I mean, big names, man. It's Bryson DeChambeau, too. I forgot mm-hmm. about him. I don't like him, though. So Patrick <laughs> but, Patrick Reed, who everybody wants to punch in the face. <laughs> right. And, you know, some of these guys I don't like, but still, they're very, uh, they're marketable players. They're big names that are not yeah. going to these PGA Tour weekly events anymore. Uh, I think the PGA Tour is in some trouble, man. It's uh, I would be very concerned if somebody who is overwhelmingly likable jumps ship, because I, I think you can argue that most of these guys, you know, the big name guys that have jumped out, are guys that probably just don't, you know, that there's a sizable part of the fan base that are just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Mm. I, I'm not. I'm not really. You know. You I don't know, agree about Brooks. I think Brooks was a very. I think Brooks guy. is probably the the more he, popular of the guys that have jumped. Yeah. You know. I think. I think you know. Justin's. You know. I don't know. Yeah. He's, I don't give he's a shit been hot or him. cold, but like. Good player, you know, but yeah, he's kind of a dick. You know, but yeah, Brooks. But like man. Phil's divisive. You know, uh, Patrick Reed. Everybody hates. You know, like that's. You know, guys like that. Where it's, but I mean, I'm talking somebody who was just kind of like universally liked. That's where, like, if Tiger jumped, it would. Well, even Tiger's got his detractors, but you know, it's weird. Justin Thomas or, or Jason thing. Spieth or Rory, yeah. Rory, Rory, yeah. Mike, Rory McIlroy might be the most popular golfer in the world today. Yeah, yeah. If, if Rory, if Rory jumped, I think then then you're talking big trouble because because Rory's a Rory's a huge star. Could, not him specifically, but some of these guys you're mentioning, I think it's going to happen if if something doesn't happen where. Look, every golfer, you make a certain amount of money. I, I think number one is your legacy, and legacy is defined by the majors. It's not defined by if you win the Travelers mm-hmm. Championship this week in the Sam Houston Open or whatever. Yeah, it's it's major wins, and then it's money. Make the money, but win the majors. If you could do both, why wouldn't you? And again, some people morally just will never do that, but more and more people are going to. I think if they don't do something. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's the ability of the PGA to not be able to freeze guys out of three, three of the four majors is, is a, is a big hurt for them because that's, because that's where you could, you could really make a stand. And, you know, the other three, the other three championships, man, you don't, you know, that's not really, it's not in their control. Yeah. You know, the, you know, I mean, the masters, like I'd be real, I'm really curious to see what, you know, the uh, Augusta national people say about that. Like, I don't know. Depends on, I guess it depends on like, depends on their partnership with the PGA and how much they really like money, which is, I mean, it's really the discussion with, with the British open too. But I mean, when it's an open tournament, throwing down blocks in an open tournament is kind of tough to do, you know, because yeah. it, because that's technically a, that's technically a free for all. Anybody can get in. If you qualify, then you're in like, that's that. But, you know, obviously they can shut them out of the PGA championship and like all their playoff stuff that they do. But I mean, you know, I don't think they care about the playoff stuff. No, I I, I think that's that that it's might the be four major. I think it's the four majors. That's the one the one piece of leverage that yeah. being a PGA Tour member has or has always yeah. had, I should say, which yeah. doesn't anymore. Because again, yeah. if you're an LIB golfer, you could uh. And what's going to be worse is there's going to come a major, and maybe it might be the British Open where 
one of these LIV golfers is going to go win it. Yeah. And it's going to give them a lot of of leverage. The only other one I could see being an issue is the Ryder Cup. You know, where if you've got an ardent PGA guy picking the team, yeah, the chances of him picking somebody on the LIV tour are probably not great. Yeah. But if you Dawson's got an L- in, right. you know, like if you got an LIV guy that's the captain of the team, though, like you know, that that's really interesting. But I think I don't I don't know I don't know how that gets decided. I don't know if that's the USGA that picks you know the I US side and you know, think the, it is the Europe European. I don't know. I don't I know how, how that works, but um but I mean, you know, you're looking at a situation there where maybe that's a that's a big problem because yeah. the rider rider cup's a big deal to these guys. They love you know, they love representing their country or Europe. And they love beating the hell out of the out of their opponent. They love showing them up. Like that's they feed off that stuff, man. They 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 love that. So I'd be really curious to see if that's affected by it too. Because that that to me, apart from the majors, is the other is the other big one uh, as far as whether or not they're you know if the the LIV guys are going to be allowed or not. Yeah, I man, I, I just sometimes I'm still amazed at how much has changed. Phil Mickelson again, he's been one of my favorite golfers golfers for years, and it's just. Uh, it's crazy to me. Before we get to our starting five draft, let me uh, go ahead. Bef- I was to say, somebody made this comparison. I don't know if it was uh, Joe Buffalo wins or not, uh, but I saw this on Twitter and I forget who said it, but it was really smart that they compare people. I wasn't hate- Joe then, <laughs> but people are going to hate the comparison. But like they they compared LIV PGA split to the WWF WCW war like when guys started jumping at wcw it's a like good suddenly, comparison suddenly the you know suddenly you know ted turner had like you know Hulk and macho man and just throwing money at everybody and be like we're going to take out wwf and then you know the old standard ended up holding on now the difference being if ted turner had more money than than wwf and and all that then maybe history writes itself different liv's got more money than pga like the, by far Ted's by, by far by far yeah, by far yeah, so yeah. Uh, maybe that maybe that's what changes how this history ends up being written, but that was a really fascinating comparison to me. It is. It, it's it's very similar. Yeah, they were making all these big splashes, name splashes at once, and Hogan and Savage and you know, a bunch of guys. Nash like Hall, Piper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So so again, before we get to our seventy-five, I want to ask you a serious question. This is a serious one, and there's, there's no humor in this. And I want to preface this by saying this is a legitimate question. I think a lot of people, this is a fair question to ask. It's not me calling anybody out whatsoever. So I want to be very, very clear on that. This is a legitimate question. Um, we all know that Kim Bagul is not in good shape. Okay. What we don't know are any details. And I, my question for you, and, I'm, and this is like an opinionated question mm-hmm. for you. Why, why is no one reporting anything at all on what's going on with Kim Bagul? Now, again, it's a serious situation. She is the team president of two major sports teams, okay? It is, it's not just newsworthy, it's top of the news cycle worthy. Mm-hmm. And we've heard zero updates, zero anything. And again, I get, they put out a statement asking the respect of privacy. I completely understand that. I, I truly do. And again, I'm not being an asshole about this. I'm not, mm-hmm. there's no sarcasm whatsoever. But again, this is news. Kim Bagula, Sabres team president. Kim Bagula, Bills team president. Um, is ill. Something is definitely wrong and nobody knows nothing. And this is news to me. Do you find it odd? Uh, do you think, I'm sure some media know some stuff, what's going on with her condition and, and, and you know, what the seriousness is. Do you feel like maybe some people were, were told by 
the Bagulas to, uh, you know, by their corporation, you know, you're not reporting nothing or mm. which they don't have a right to do. I mean, they, they have a right to ask, but they don't have a right to enforce that. Do you think there's some media out there that might even be a little bit, I don't want to say necessarily afraid, but, uh, you know, there's going to be consequence mm. if they're the ones who put out a story saying this is the situation and this, that and the other thing. I just find it really fascinating and odd that mm -hmm. something significant and serious is going on with somebody who's so well known and like there's just it's crickets when it comes to any medical update or anything like that whatsoever nothing yeah. since that statement yeah it's uh it's in a very odd gray area of a lot of issues you know like this is you know a lot of people are like well it's not you know it's not news respect to privacy well wrong it is news it's very big news like, sure you know, it's co-owner of the team president of both teams you know co-owner of you know the giant operation um and president of both you know of two major franchises you know they're the richest family in the city you know i don't know if the well, i don't know if about the jacobs's but um but you know pagulas are you know but they have a giant influence on the city of buffalo like this if, is, if it was robert Kraft, would would there be radio silence when it comes to any reporting and updates yeah that's what that, i'm saying yeah that's that's the thing and you know, and I know, I know for a fact that reporters are trying to, they're trying to get to the bottom of this. They're trying to find out what's going on, but you have to kind of toe the line right. and you have to toe the line for, there's a lot of reasons. You know, I look at what happened with, uh, with Rachel Hopmeyer, where she, you know, she was able to find out that, that you know, where Kim Pagula was and like, you know, what was happening, you know, you know, uh, with, with her status in the hospital. And she immediately started getting, shit threats stuff from you know bill's mafia people being like stay out of their life do this and it's like you know listen reporters are reporters for a reason you know you got to get to the bottom of stuff that's the job you know you, you mentioned know, that gray gray area when this right. is where you're so right because it is it's their job right but it's, it's like it, but it's it, you you have some constraints on that though like you're not gonna like you can't you can't get hospital records you can't get any of that stuff right if somebody from the hospital is foolish enough to tell you what's going on that's different you know that's that's more the, at the fault of whoever at the hospital would say something or you know or somebody in the organization or you know somebody around the family like if somebody you know somebody gives you that information that's you know that's a different story but usually you know and I, when you get to like the level of info where you know as far as rachel got like i think of what happened with uh kyle Pozo a few years back and it got to the point and, you know, Tom Martin, my, my, my old pal from, you know, from channel four yeah, I know Tom. Uh, mm -hmm. was able, you know, got, you know, got some of the information and found out like, okay, he, he was in the hospital for this. That news never would have got out at all. If, you know, if, if somebody didn't have like, you know, that story come up and was like, Oh shoot, he was, you know, he was in the hospital. That's bad. And then, you know, team jumped right to it to like, kind of like, Hey, okay, here's what's, here's what the deal is. And, you know, here's Kyle in his own words to describe what's happening. Okay, like that's that's controlling that's controlling the story, controlling what happens, and um, like that's a whole other thing. But um, but with something like this, this is I, I don't know if there's I think honestly there there is there is a fear of some kind of blowback from from the organization from from PSE mm -hmm. that if you if you dig too far that. You could be shut out. You could be, you know, you ain't going to get no more interviews. You're you might not get blacklisted. Might, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, it, now it's not, it's never, 
I can't say never with PSE because they they act weird about well they've acted weird about stuff in the past, but um, but you'll I mean you'll they'll never outright tell you like you're screwed if you report on any of this stuff like that's that's not the case because if that because if you want that to be the case everybody's your PR outfit in the city you know if you're able to, if you're able to control that message by saying like okay nobody says anything or else you're in trouble uh, you're in trouble with us and you'll never you know you'll never work in this town again. Um, then everybody's just functioning as PR. You're not reporters. Then that's right. that, that to me. That's what the case is. Because if you're just going to go by by what teams release and what they you know and what the what they say publicly, you know if that's where your if that's where your questions about what's going on stop, then you're not doing your job. Um, Let me ask you this, Joe. Let's say I'm Patrick Moran, Buffalo Bills or Buffalo Sabres beat reporter for uh, for the Buffalo News or for the Athletic. Either mm -hmm. or, don't don't really matter or WGR doesn't matter, but I'm somebody in the mainstream media and I do get wind of exactly what's going on. And I've mm -hmm. confirmed it too. It's not speculation. Like I find out and it's steady, solid information. I put out a report that says Kim Bagula is in a Florida hospital and her situation is this, that, and the other thing. And her condition is this, that, and the other thing. Maybe I've talked to a source, a doctor or something, and maybe I have some information or maybe I don't. Now, I agree 100%. If you say the name of the hospital and you, and you start to go into that stuff, then I think that does become unnecessary reporting. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But I feel like enough people want to know or what's going on or it should know what's going on. I personally feel like if I did that, I don't think I would be in the wrong. But mm -hmm. again, I'm asking this as a legitimate question, man. Maybe... Maybe I am wrong, and maybe um, media people will tell me that I would be wrong to do that, and I would certainly respect that. That's why I'm kind of asking if I did that and I said, she's in the hospital, and this is this and that and the other thing. Am I wrong for doing that? Morally, no. ethically? Well, morals and ethics are – that's an even grayer area than, than all this. Like Journalism could be hard. That's kind of what we're getting at here. Yeah. Folks. It can like, be. When it comes to ethics, like ethics, like when you go through J school or, you know, J adjacent school, whatever, ethics is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and it really dictates a lot of what happens because if you have zero ethics, you're working at TMZ or, you know, you know, some, someplace else that just, you know, does not give a crap about, you know, whether or not somebody's privacy has been invaded or, or whatever, you know, they, like, you know, TMZ will take pictures of people like outside, you know, you know, just do it, living their own life. And it's just kind of like, Oh, here's a big story. Blah. Let's print it everywhere. Um, whereas if, you know, if you're, if you, if you, if you find your, if you believe yourself to be a legit journalist, it, it, it's the, the line between it being news and it being, I don't know, I don't know, morbid or, I, I don't know what the right word there is, but um, by the way, I cro crossing the privacy line, I guess. I want to point out it. to everyone too, that sometimes Joe and I talk about topics ahead of time. Mm. I purposely didn't bring this up because I wanted an organic response from you. Not necessarily something that you had time to think on for a long yeah. period of time. You know what no, I mean? No, I'm I glad, to find out what I'm your you reaction would be. Um, it, it's just, a, it's a really, it's a sad, first of all, first and foremost, it's a horribly sad yeah. topic to mm -hmm. even discuss anyone, whether it's Kim Bagula or, Mary Joe, whoever, anybody mm -hmm. in any kind of bad condition is always sad. Right. I just I, I've just been sitting there pounding my head saying, you know, because I've talked to some friends who are like, 
they, for whatever reason, they think I know stuff that I don't, but they're like, yo, what's going on with Kipagula? What's this yeah. and that? And I'm like, I know, I think I feel like I know some people who do, and there's just nothing being reported. And I'm wondering yeah. if it's because they're afraid to, or if I'm wondering because you think it's wrong to. It's, I guess that's what it comes down to. That that I think is 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 a real question for a lot of for a lot of reporters, you know, yeah. around the situation. You know, people are like, well, you know, if there's a story to break, Adam Schefter will get it. It's like, well, if it has something to do with, you know, personal things with ownership, he's probably not going to cross that line. Like, yeah. you know, maybe I mean, you're probably right. I mean, that's where his bread's buttered. You yeah, know, I agree. I agree. But here's the thing: where I keep thinking in my mind. This is a co-owner in a smaller market. Mm -hmm. I bet you if this was Robert Kraft or if this was Jerry Jones or if this was, I shouldn't say I bet you, but if this was Dan Snyder, I have a very difficult time believing that nobody from ESPN or Fox or or that local, wherever, you know, city that mm -hmm. that person's from, I have a very hard time believing that we would know nothing. And this is going on weeks too, by the way. It's yeah. not just a couple of days. This is going, this is going on weeks it's, now. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks now. Um, I think this, I mean, I think a big part of this is that the Bagulas don't really have a, have a lot of media people that they reach out to period, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that, that, that plays a part in a lot of the, the secrecy. Um, you know, also the seriousness of the situation plays a lot into that too. Um, because, you know, basically the only people that will know are, you know, people at the hospital or people that are very close to ownership or close with the teams that they would be in the, that they'd be in the loop as to what's going on. Um, and I would bet anything that those people that know that are with the team, that if it ever got if it ever got out that they said it, they would be fired within ten seconds. You know, they'd be out on they'd be out on their ear. But sure. Um, but like, you know, the, the the cross between it being something where you know you you're not going to be able to report on it, or you can't, you know, or you can and you don't. That's that i think is is tough and like honestly this is a story where it's really tough to get concrete evidence of yes. like what's going on unless you're unless you have like a doctor from the hospital or a hospital rep telling you okay here's what's the, here's what the deal is or, or somebody on the inside or somebody from the family telling yeah, mole, you okay basically. here's right but even if it's a mole like trustworthy you know, yeah. it's you gotta i don't know i guess it depends on how close they are with that inner circle like if that's somebody sure. that's like right next to him then it's like okay i can i can trust that but if it's somebody who's like yeah i heard it from so-and-so who heard it from so-and-so then you, know, you probably can't run with that like that's <laughs> that's where that's where journalistic judgment comes into play because because that's again that's the line between being a journalist and a gossip writer you know yeah like that's, it's a career ender right you go uh, well yeah so like him magula in that condition and that completely right. ends up being accurate right, right. For the and, most uh, part, you can pretty much kiss your career goodbye. Right. And like, I, I know the, the one person who's even said anything about this is Tim Graham. And I understand Tim's take on this as well. He's like, he's like, listen, I know it's a big story, but listen, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go fouling up the waters with me doing my digging to find out what's going on. It's like when, you know, if, when there's a story to come out, it'll come out. Like that's, that's not, a, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that's going right. to unearth what's right. happening, which that's fair. That's his, per, that's, per, that's his perspective. And like, and it's know, a fair it's, one. It's a, it's completely fair in his position. Sure, you know, like that's that's something where you can't really, you can't, and you and you probably, I mean, just for your own sake, you probably just shouldn't be, you know, digging into that stuff. But you know, I I think if what what makes this even fuzzier for me is that, um, you know, people are you know, listen, everybody deserves privacy, especially when it comes to medical stuff, but also 
when you're a multi-billionaire and you own two teams and you own multiple entertainment outlets and you own you own more than two teams you 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 know you, you own two arenas you you've got sure. all this stuff going yeah, yeah. on you're a public figure yeah. and that Smooth. that makes it a little different sure when yeah. it comes to this kind of stuff like that like yes you deserve privacy like you don't need to have all your you know not your entire story needs to be out there but um when it cons- i mean listen it concerns both franchises in the city um and if you know if there's something up there and it might cause and if it causes like an issue down the road or it causes things to be kind of you know thrown up in the air then you know there i think there's i i guess there's a right to know i mean i don't know a right to know is one thing but like it, it's something that should be at least in the most basic sense kept apprised of you know yeah. i i don't think it's something where you can just like shut it down and go go silent for for weeks on end and say like okay well we'll update you when we feel like it like yeah you know, that, a- that's that's the tough part but like this this is a really difficult one just because of the seriousness and based on what the you know based on what the message was from the team uh or from the organization about you know like hey this you know demand our privacy like those you don't usually ask for you know demanding privacy if it's not a very serious thing like right. if you know if she's laid up with like an appendectomy or something like that it's usually like okay well you know she'll be out in right. a week right but like if it's something more serious than that you're just you're probably not asking for prayers you're probably right. not asking for for stuff like that you know privacy and things like that like you're just you know it it, it it's one of these things where idle you know idle speculation leads to wild stuff being thought of and sometimes wild stuff being considered to be fact right whereas opposed yeah. to the truth is what would pot you know it would truth would at least free up that but also you know the truth might be really hard to hear or you know maybe the truth is just you know it's just not something that people need to know at the moment you know like that's right. you know especially if it's a medical if it's a medical thing that can like change on the fly like yeah you don't, you don't need you know minute by minute updates but um but like she's a major figure She's a major public figure. And, you know, there's also the, they're getting a, you know, almost a billion dollars in state money thing. Like, right. Yes. Yeah. You know, like that, there, there's, there's a lot there where the, you know, the, the public should know what's going on, but it's, it's a fine line between how much, how much is okay to know. Yeah, I agree. It's just a, uh, it's a fascinating topic. And one, I quite frankly don't really know, uh, the answer to the one thing we can all agree on is that we just we hope things obviously uh turn out for the best when it comes i'm to glad that. you surprised me with this because this yeah. that's like that this is a serious discussion i've been wanting to, to kind of have for a bit but like i don't know how to approach it. i don't want to have a serious conversation like that on twitter because right no. that, that stuff goes sideways immediately right like, right 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 but yeah, this was you. this was this was this was this was good to kind of yeah talk and it I didn't out because, pre- again you know, i didn't want to yeah we, that's literally what we kind of did is talk it out because Again, you didn't really have time to pre-prepare what your thoughts would be. Um, all right, so let's get to our starting five to wrap. Last week, we did Robert De Niro movies, and uh, I thought this was one of our better drafts in terms of just both of us drafting good rosters. Joe drafted Goodfellas. Well, I should go first because I had the top pick. I took Raging Bull first overall. So I took Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Casino, The Untouchables, and Midnight Run. Joe took Goodfellas, 
Godfather 2, Heat, Cape Fear, and The Deer Hunter. Um, Joe won. I got no problem with Joe winning. I mean, again, I thought this was a good draft. This was I a toss-up, honestly. I if either of us won, winning. it's deserved. I could you know? see, you know, Goodfellas and Godfather right at the top and Deer Hunter with the fifth-round pick, which got a lot of praise, by the way, in comments. I definitely could see that. But here, the total, 79% to 21%. I'm like, that shit, that's crazy, man. That's um, nuts. I, I know, from a strategic standpoint, I think a mistake I made was taking Raging Bull first overall, which I, I would do 10 out of 10 times no. because I no. said this. To me, this was his best movie. It's My, 100% his best movie. I, it was his best movie. I think Goodfellas is the best movie he was in, and he was a major significant mm -hmm. part of it. Absolutely. And again, your body of work might be a little bit better. There's So is yours. I'm, like, that's the thing. Saying, like, 79 so, to 21. What's going on with you people out I there listening <sighs> and watching? This is like, what, the third or fourth straight week where this Blow has outs. happened? Like, I, like, like, and inexplicable blowouts where you're just kind of like, how the hell is that? At? Like, what? Didn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, I won break by way more than I should have. I thought that should have been much closer. The yeah. Time. Like, you know, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess from our purposes, you know, if we try to strategize how we're going to pick things, like, I don't know, like, how do you, when how do you, you approach when you it? Do, like, when you, when you do that, I, maybe you shouldn't be spilling your secrets to me because you've almost lapped me now. You've doubled me pretty much when it comes to our polls, but when I do these polls, I base primarily, I base it on my personal board. Mm -hmm. Like if I was drafting a team, I set up my board and I pick, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that what I think fans will think has plays no part of it. We're saying the NFL, like the bills wanted Josh Allen. If you wanted Josh Rosen, tough shit, the mm -hmm. bills, Brandon Bean didn't give two shits about what you think about the bills quarterback. Right. He took who he wants to take. So I kind of operate from that, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, well, I'm not going to take, uh, you know, whoever, because the fans might not like it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, do you kind well, of you never let that stop you in any of the comedian polls that we've done where you've taken That's Bill true. Cosby and shit. So, like, right, you know, right. that, that doesn't I, stop you. I took Chris, <laughs> Be I, or I took Jimmy Snooker before in a favorite wrestler. Yeah. He literally was a murderer. You know what I'm saying? It's, so, but do you kind of operate the same way where, you know, yeah, you, you, you like, pick for what you want to pick and then, you know, occasionally you at least put some thought into what the fans might think at times at least. Yeah. I mean, the, the thought of like what people like is certainly in the back of your mind, but like my list of like how I want to do things is not affected by that. Like if it comes right. down, like, I mean, listen, how many polls have we had where it was decided by whoever had the number one? Where you could have picked four more four than idiot, you like four idiots after that. It's like, well, whatever, you got that one. That's right. what counts. Like and 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 people on Twitter will let you know that much to your right. Children. Right. And so like <laughs> it's but it's but I mean, like you can't let you can't let the popular, you know, the popular thought run your run I what agree. you want to pick. But also, like, I mean, you'd be you'd be a liar to say it doesn't affect some of the like sure. if it's a if it's a toss-up thing, you know, you're probably gonna side with what is what you think is more popular now yeah. maybe maybe what you think is more popular is completely wrong but um but usually like you've got a good you've got a good feel for for what's happening like you know, you know for instance the marvel the marvel movie poll that we did the second you picked ultron i was like well you lost it's over like it's, <laughs> it's over you lost because i know <laughs> nobody likes that movie that was like, my you were you were in the minority you were just like, you're like no it's a yeah. good movie and i'm like 
I mean, you feel that way. That's nice. You liked it. That's cool. But like most everybody greatly disliked it. Now, that was my Mike Mamula people movie. hating the first Thor was what was surprising me. It was like, well, how do you pick Thor? Like, what? Like people yeah. got on you about that one. I was like, no, man, come on. Yeah. But um, yeah, but like, yeah, like you can't can't let the people run your draft board. No, and that's, I'm not that's going how, to. That's how mistakes happen. Pat. I'm not going to. But if I go back and watch the film, if I was trying to win the game with the fans, <laughs> I probably should have took Goodfellas first. And the other one, too, that a lot of people said neither of us took that they seemed to like, which kind of surprised me a little bit, was Meet the Parents. I, I saw that's, a lot of interaction uh, with that. But anyway, on to this. I, week, uh, what? The folks that were saying that I would not trust picking a movie for me. Put it yeah. that way. No, no, no. I agree. It's <laughs> not a tough. I feel <laughs> if that person's confident. organizing, you're like, hey, we're gonna go see a movie. What are we gonna watch? I'm not asking that person. I feel very confident in saying that the 10 movies combined that we took are De Niro's 10 best movies. They I, are the, I feel really absolutely his top 10. Yeah, I feel really that, good. It, about I, I would, if anybody argued any of that, I would be very mad. Midnight Run is significantly better than Meet the Parents. And I'd take Midnight Run with this leaps, pick at the end every leaps time. Leaps and bounds, it's yeah. better than that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this week, best quarterbacks of all time. Pretty goddamn self-explanatory. Yeah. Football history. We are going to draft five each. Best quarterbacks of all time. Um, oh, yeah. I took Reggie Bull first. So you're up first. You got the first, uh, first pick of a lot here. Now, see, this is one where going against the popular opinion might be helpful because I think you and I believe we know what the number one should be, but the number one is hated in Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> but well, he's universally hated in Buffalo. Like it, it's, but like the thing is as if, much anymore, but yes. well, well, uh, let's be still real. very much, but not quite, yeah. much. but yeah, but like, here's the thing. If I don't take them, you're snatching them up immediately right after me. Right. Right. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm taking Tom Brady. Like, I cannot not take Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. He's number one. He's got what? Seven Super Bowl. Yeah. No, sorry. He, he, he it's him. He's, he's the man. I will I hate saying that. I hate saying he's the man, but he's the man. Um, I, I'll say, I'll say this. I don't, I was so confident. I'm writing down stuff here. Cause I got to write it down. <laughs> if you're watching this on video, I'm writing down our picks. Um, he's not, He's grown on Bills fans, I think, since he went to Tampa. Like he is, and that helps. He, since he joined Twitter, he's he's come off as kind of funny and much more personable. I don't think he's as hated yeah. in Buffalo as he was when he was with New England, but he's absolutely still hated. By the way, and I was so confident you were taking Tom Brady number one. I got some news and notes like for my top ten <laughs> big board, like some numbers that I want to you know throw out. Tom Brady, it literally says Tom Brady, and then blank. I was yeah. so con- I was not going to waste my time looking up <laughs> any information on Tom Brady. All right, so I got the next two here. My first one is really easy, and it's Joe Montana. Yeah, for me. All right, night he played nineteen seventy nine to ninety two with Frisco, and then he mm-hmm. played two years with Kansas City. Four Super Bowls, four and zero in the Super Bowl. Three Super Bowl MVPs, eight time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro. Uh, One hundred and seventeen and forty seven record as a starter. Almost doubled his touchdown to interceptions for his career. And dude was just smooth. Mm. And he was Joe Cool. That was his nickname. And he was yeah. clutch, too. I loved mm. Joe Montana. If you take the rings away from Tom Brady, I think it could be a fair conversation if you took the rings away from both of them. But mm-hmm. Tom's got seven, of course. Yeah. I love Joe Montana. So that one is easy. This is where it gets hard for me mm-hmm. between three and four because I really like two guys a lot. But I have to... Uh, I feel like if actually it's, it, it's still I'm still Uh-oh, thinking on it right now. 
number my second pick was pre-made because again i knew you were going to take tom brady right. so our first two picks to me i there were no thoughts so how was your second pick not ready i go? knew i was going to get the next two as we're talking and i'm i might i'm almost talking myself out of what i originally was going to do man um because look it's about stats it's about longevity it's about winning it's about how they played in that era changing the position there's lots of things mm -hmm. and good god i can't believe i'm gonna back off on what i had wow. as my third pick i'm going i'm going to go this no you know what i'm if i do this, <laughs> I, mean, I i just told told you i stay on my board yeah i'm thinking about if i don't take this guy i mean hand him to you I'm just gonna listen. That's gonna happen repeatedly in this draft, okay? <laughs> like that. I mean, listen. That's that's just how it's gonna be. I'm going to go. John Elway. That's okay. gonna be my third pick, and it was not who was originally on my number. My okay. my big board is number three. First, the accolades: nine Pro Bowls. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, six Super Bowls he played in. Um, he yeah played in six, fourteen and seven record in the playoffs. Uh, 148, 82, and one in the regular season. The dude was a winner. He had one of the strongest arms in NFL history. Still does have one of the strongest arms mm -hmm. in NFL history. He was one of the most versatile quarterbacks ever. He could scramble. He can move around. A fascinating, polarizing figure. Being drafted number one first overall, uh, refusing to go to Baltimore, getting traded eventually to Denver. Um, a Yankees prospect. He's just uh everything about him is just fascinating. And uh again, I'm probably gonna pay a heavy price for 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 taking him this high, but I, I gotta stand by it because you, he was just an animal and he was a beast and he was a transcending quarterback during that time. So I'm gonna go with John Elway and I'm gonna live with the results. Yeah, listen, that, that's not a bad pick. It's like, not a bad pick. It's not, not like a bad I, pick. It's not Come like on. I took a stinker, it's not like I no. took Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, right. <laughs> right. Still, though, it's not like they took Cody Carlson. Like, come on, yeah. like, this, all right. So you got two. Uh, well, um, Peyton Manning. That, that's who I was. <laughs> that's who I passed over. I, you know, like the I know two Super Bowls. Like one that he actually really won. The other one was Denver's defense really winning it. Um, but Jesus, how do you argue about his his freaking career? Like, my God, I mean, what, what, like, five MVPs and shit. Yeah, like, I, I, I fucked up. I, I, come on, stop! Like, how you, how do you get mad about? I, 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 I can't. I no. Listen, if John Elway played now, that'd be a freak show. That would be a freak show athlete to have play now. I but, think he played. I think he'd be good now. I think Peyton Manning might struggle more in today's NFL than John Elway because yeah. this is not really a pocket passing you know mm -hmm. classic stand in the pocket quarterbacking league anymore whereas yeah Elway had the ability to move and make throws on the run and stuff like that not to take anything away from Peyton Manning right but anyway but, but I don't know like but like Manning's career regular season record was 186 and 79 and that's in what 14 15 16 years 17 years like right. I mean the Pro Bowl 14 times right. <laughs> Pro Bowl I can give crap out I I, 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 he's a five yeah. time he was a seven time all pro that's not fan voting Right, that's the league saying you're the best quarterback in the league seven fucking times. Mm -hmm. All right, so yeah. go ahead. I'm pissed off. <laughs> um, see, now this is where I'm kind of torn because there's a couple. There, well, there's three. There's three that there's three that I can pick from here. Well, three that really stand out to me. There's plenty I can pick from, but um, 
And now I'm just going to, I'm going over my notes again here. Just because, like, I just need to remind myself sometimes, like, okay, how did this go? Like, I want to put it do? out there on the record. While you're deciding on yours, I do want to put it on the record that I did have Peyton Manning third on my original big board, and I had John Elway fourth, and then I flip-flopped them in the heat of the moment. So, okay, so the guys that I was going to pick from, they've all won one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the guy that was that's won MVP more. It's It hates, I hate saying it, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I hate hate picking Aaron Rodgers, but I have to pick Aaron Rodgers just because, like, I mean, four time MVP is is insane. He did win a Super Bowl, which I hate because it's the Packers. Screw the Packers forever. But I mean, Jesus, I, I mean, his whole career is insane. Like, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's. I don't have to justify the pick. I just I I I'm I'm talking to myself through the pick because he's I in my top ten. I didn't have him this high, but yeah, you look at four time All Pro, four time MVP. Uh, the only reason why I didn't have him higher, he would be a top two or three quarterback is the one Super Bowl. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, as, as amazing as he is, he's been kind of pedestrian in the playoffs a lot of his career too as well. Yeah, but again, I, I, hang that, I hang that on Mike McCarthy more than anything. But, <laughs> that's, you know, right. but like, I mean, he won a Super Bowl in spite of Mike McCarthy. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, listen, you're, you're making me talk up Aaron Rodgers, Pat. I hate that. I hate every <laughs> bit of it. All right, I got two here, man. And uh Jesus, I, I'm most people, young people, are gonna have to look up who this dude even is. But I'm picking him, man. Staying true to my board, or at least I'm am from here on out. Anyway, Johnny Unitas, that's my next pick. 18 year career, 10 time Pro Bowler, five time All Pro. He won three NFL slash AFL championships, and he won a Super Bowl as well. Three time MVP. I think he was the first true great passer of the quarterback in NFL history. So I'm gonna go Johnny Unitas, and I'm going to. This is. Ugh. Johnny Unitas has a haircut you can set your watch by. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay true to my board. I'm gonna go with another Packer quarterback, but not yours. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Brett the Favre. The other guy I don't like Brett Favre. Twenty years, played sixteen with the Packers. Eleven time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, three time MVP, won a Super Bowl. He's fourth all time in passing touchdowns and yards, and. He just made playing or watching football more exciting for me. Like when he played, you know how Barry Sanders, and someday we're going to do a running back, and it's no secret. We're going to do a coin flip what week we do that because we both think Barry Sanders is the best. But anyway, my point was this. When Barry Sanders was on TV, I watched him. Just because every time he touched the ball, something sweet could happen. Brett Favre was ditto for me because it could be something spectacular or something horrific. He could throw the worst interception in NFL history or he could throw the most gorgeous pass. He was just a gamer. I love Brett Favre. He was fun to watch. And I know you're a Lions fan and you don't like that shit. I, but. <laughs> but as much as I dislike Aaron Rodgers, I dislike Favre 50 <laughs> times more. Like just so much more. I dislike him. Uh, and, and, like he's also number one in dick picks that almost that ruined somebody's career, but not his. So. Yeah, fair enough. You still get on my list though. <laughs> All right. You got your, you got two more here. I'm, I, I have a sleeper. Uh, it's you know what else Brett Favre's number one in career? Interceptions. Pick sixes, baby. <laughs> feeding it to the other team, Pat. I feel like Matt Schaub should be number one in pick sixes. <laughs> he only threw like 50 passes, and I feel like 30 of them were for uh, pick sixes. Pick, pick sixes per capita. <laughs> you got two more picks left here. Um, so far, everyone you've picked, obviously, has been in my top ten, too. I got one guy. It's hard to call any of these guys sleepers because they're fucking yeah. all-time great quarterbacks, but... uh. I got one guy that I want to get, and let's see if I get to him. You got your last Don't worry. Year. You can have Jeff George. It's fine. <laughs> He's all yours. Um, 
Well, I, the good part of this is that, uh, well, you took one of the names and you prevented me from having to take him. So thank you for taking Favre off my board. But it did leave Drew Brees on my board, so I have to take Drew Brees. Okay. Uh, now, factor of current era of passing, like, okay, like that's, but like, I mean, Jesus, we're talking what number one all time in yards now. I think he's two. I think he's two, like he's two. one or two. He's oh, he's behind Brady. Well, yeah, Brady, yeah, he's, Brady he's just took him over because he's yeah, played he's two more in, seasons. Yeah, he's two and everything. So yeah, so he yeah, so Brady's. I mean, Jesus, he he's the guy who made was it San Diego gave up on him? Was it? Um, Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yes, yeah. Chargers gave up on him. What a boneheaded mistake that was. He almost went to Miami too. Right. Yeah. I remember the I remember the Dolphins were the were the other yep. team that were that was in on him. But mm-hmm. um but I mean he goes to New Orleans. I mean it was the, the crazy part is that he was good his last season. Like his two like two seasons in San Diego and they still were just like eh right. we got Philip Rivers coming. We can get him. Like okay guys sure mm-hmm. thing. But uh but I mean Jesus Breeze like what led the league in passing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, you know yeah. Uh, offensive player of the year one time. Never, you know, never won an MVP, was second in MVP in 2018. Like, you know, completion percentage, it's like seven, almost 75% two years in a row. It's a complete completion percentage. Like, that's nuts. And like throwing for, you know, two for 50, you know, 5,400 yards the one season. God damn. Like, that's, it's crazy. It's crazy how good he was. But yet, like in New Orleans, it's kind of like, eh, well, you know, it's the Saints, you know, nobody cares. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but Breeze was Breeze was unreal, man. Like just just an unbelievably talented guy. Yeah. Um, see, this is we're we're to the part of this draft where a lot of the guys that should be picked are guys that Bills fans hate. Yeah. Just outright hate, and like I like I don't know, like like and like there's guys that you could pick for for the success they've had that don't make sense in the, in the grand scheme of things or, you know, uh, look at this. I'm just looking at one thing here. Uh, man, you know, you know, you took Montana. I'm going to have to take young Steve. Young. Fuck. Like, because everybody, like, this is, I'm glad we had that talk about keeping, like, the, the audience in mind here, because everybody else that I want to pick, I'm just like, ugh, God, I don't want to pick that guy. Like, I was, I wanted Steve Young. But, but two-time MVP, won a Super Bowl as a starter, won two as Montana's backup, like, was always, always very necessary for the 49ers, because Montana would get broken Beyond the stats, he's just one of the best dual threat quarterbacks I've oh, ever yeah. seen, man. He's, he's, so, he's such an accurate thrower to football. He can run, he can scramble, mm-hmm. just pinpoint accuracy. He was a great quarterback, man. Boy, did the Buccaneers screw that one up, didn't they? Yeah. Like, you're you're good leaving work. me. Good uh, work, yucks. But like, yeah, it's but yeah, now I've left it to you to pick somebody that Bills fans are gonna be like, F you well, for taking him. You're right, because that's what I'm gonna do. I was lamenting going over and seeing if I could get one of these two. But the last pick, you just took one of them, so you, you kind of made I, it easy. And I think I know. Yeah, I this is. This, I feel like because this, this was the cement, guy I was gonna go. This with. is gonna su- probably cement a blowout. It, it's Dan Marino. Oh, um, that's not who I thought you were gonna no, pick. I'm thinking Dan Marino. 17 wow. year career, nine time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, uh, 1984 MVP, 
Uh, he led the Dolphins only one Super Bowl. They never got back. One of the best pure passers of the football mm -hmm. ever. He had the quickest release I've ever seen in my life. His, the biggest thing that happened to him is he was just on the wrong team. That never had a defense. If you put Dan Marino yeah. on the Broncos, the Bills, uh, the Giants, you put Dan Marino on about a dozen other teams in the league during that era, he wins three, four Super Bowls. I guarantee it. He didn't, the, the Miami didn't win Super Bowls, not because of Dan Marino. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> It's because of what was around him. Yeah. I, I'll take that to my grave. And Bills fans hate that. And I will tell you this, too. Bills fans that are older anyway, I would say who are at least, say, let's make the 30 years or older, 35 years or older, mm -hmm. I guarantee they hate Dan Marino more than they hate Tom Brady. Yeah. I guarantee. Uh, friends, friends of mine that are, like, out of my age range hate Marino. They yeah. hate Marino so much. There's and you took one like, guy. Like, he he never beat the Bills for anything. Like just he was just, but he was always there and he always got the attention. Let me uh first I'll go over a couple honorable mentions. I had so nine of the ten there on my board got picked. The one who did not was Roger Stahlbeck. So I gotta throw him out okay. as an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. and by the way, there's so many we could be going on for days about honorable right. mentions for quarterbacks, but Bart Starr, Troy Aikman. No, I don't like Troy Aikman. <laughs> by the way. The one I predict, we're gonna, the more most reaction we're going to get from anyone on this mm -hmm. poll, 10 to 1, is going to be Jim Kelly not getting picked. Jim oh, Kelly, people are going to say Jim Kelly, Warren Moon, Fran Tarkenton, Otto Graham, Sammy Ball, Dan Fouts. I have oh, – I Troy Aikman and Terry Bradshaw should be on the – I think they're overrated. Yeah. I'm not as mm -hmm. big as a Drew Brees fan as you are either. He, I know how prolific his stats were. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just something about throwing a three-yard pass, it seemed, every time that just added up. But 5, anyway, yards multiple times. I know, I know, I know, I know. Just 5,000. 5, I know, I know. Let me, as we get out of here, let me. The guy you, the guy you didn't mention that I thought you were going to pick. Who? Ben Roethlisberger. No, I, I don't like Big I, I know, we, he's detestable, he's gross, he's disgusting. <laughs> he's won two Super Bowls. He's a big let, ape of a quarterback. Like, yeah, let me throw through these. Uh, so Joe takes Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Steve Young. I take Joe Montana, John Elway, Johnny Unitas, Brett Favre, and Dan Marino. Hey, look, we're, we've been wrong a lot lately. We thought things were going to be close, and they weren't. I think this one is going to be pretty lopsided. I, I, I think not taking Peyton Manning is going to hurt me a lot. I, I give you – if this was Vegas, I'd say you're the over-under is 67% for you. That, that's what I would set it at. Uh, I don't. I, I'm. I'm done predicting how these things are going to turn out. I just. <laughs> I, I have. I have no idea what people are going to go for. I don't know if taking Brady's going to kill me. I don't know if Marino's going to kill you, or everybody's just going to not vote because they hate both of our teams. <laughs> <laughs> Probably again. A lot of no Jim Kelly. I'm not voting. Anyway, we'll see what happens. That poll will be up tomorrow or today, I should say, at noon. F. Hammeran tweaks for me at Joe Yurden for Joe. Make sure you check out Maintenance Day podcast every Monday. Joe Yurden and Lance Lazowski. Next Friday, Joe and I will talk Sabres. Um, draft prospects. We'll talk like five to ten prospects. I'll, I, here's one more over under, Joe. There'll be ten guys mentioned. I probably will mispronounce seven or eight of them because I won't know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for, for that to be the case. <laughs> talk to you weekend. Or I should say have a good weekend, guys. Talk to you soon.